Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at nomcastpod and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Forgotten Cinema is now looking for a new co-host to join myself, Mike Field, because Mike Butler's a bitch. Coupe Revenge is coming! This is my town! You know, Jack, is, I would love you, to do a James Bond podcast. I'll do it right now. Cancel the other podcast. You <laughs> son <laughs> What about all these women? These are all women, beautiful women. Where are the regular women? It's like it's Los Angeles. Is this the movie that's going to end the show? It's going to end the podcast? Because this movie, like, I cannot, I cannot tell people to watch this movie. Like, I will not. This movie is not good. You get the hell off this podcast. <laughs> Let's take it to the limit one more time. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast, Season 9, The Season of Summer. Each episode this season, we're highlighting a film that had a coveted summer release date but for a variety of reasons was forgotten or straight up ignored by audiences. Whether it was because it was pitted up against a tentpole film or was given a limited release run to fill out a studio schedule. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 100 episodes for your listening pleasure. Nice. I like the energy. Thank you. Was that easy to do? It was pretty easy to do. It was different. Yeah, good. Because you, you're all bragging how you memorized. I know. That's that's why I messed up. I messed up a little bit. I have to go back. <laughs> all right. Season nine. Forgotten summer. We are we are here. It it's is getting warm out. Here. It's getting warm out now. It's a, <laughs> it's May. Right. The start of the summer season for the for movie theaters, for studios. Uh, it's the start of the summer season for us. I think we both I think we're probably on our way back slowly but surely to what life used to be like pre-pandemic, which is exciting for me and Mike, right? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> we get to go out more. I can do things. Hopefully, of course, I have a pool, so now no butler's going to probably want to come over when it gets warm out. Pool party. Oh, boy. So <laughs> so we are excited. Um, This is, is going to be an interesting season. I hope that we have chosen movies that work well. I just realized that we probably have to do a commercial for the season because I forgot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, let's get into it. We are doing the movie, the 1998 movie, but it came out in 2000. Croupier. Uh, Mike has never seen this movie. Nope. I have. I enjoy this film. We'll get into what it's about because I'm doing the synopsis this week and then we will, I will get into the facts. So Jack Manfred is a croupier who works by night and writes by day. His girlfriend, Marion, becomes increasingly frustrated by his seemingly aimless life, but he becomes focused when glamorous South African Johnny. Uh, is it Johnny? Danny? Yanni? It's definitely not Yanni. It's Johnny. I think it's Johnny. Johnny. I think it's just Johnny. Yeah. But he becomes fuck. <laughs> he becomes fuckus. <laughs> Jesus. 
Let me do it again. Jack Manfred is a croupier who works by night and writes by day. His girlfriend, Marion, becomes increasingly frustrated by his seemingly aimless life, but he comes, but he becomes focused when glamorous South African Johnny DeVeers, or uh, why do they put the last name in there, <laughs> arrives in his casino and then his bed, well, that's a little inaccurate, with a plan to defraud the house. But is she playing with a straight deck of cards? Uh, that's, uh, again. That's uh, a terrible synopsis. God damn it. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Croupier has a run time of 94 minutes. It's not rated. Uh, production budget of under $4 million. The reason why I have under $4 million is because it was $3 million. Pounds. And I was trying to do the conversion. Yeah. And it was like one point. Like, it's under four million. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the release date because it's limited release date is technically April 21st, 2000. Yes, I know that's not summer. It's not. But the reason why I, I'm we're, I'm saying it's it's widest release date is July 28th, 2000, which I was explaining to Mike. So on April 21st, 2000, it came out in 19 theaters in the U.S., after dropping to 17 theaters on May 19th, it slowly increased to its biggest number of theaters, which was 141 theaters on July 28th. So that was at its its widest release. So that is why I am saying July 28th is its wide release, is its summer release. I am sticking to it. I do not want to hear it. Case in, also, you should understand that this movie's last weekend in theaters was September 29th. So this movie came out limited in April went straight through the summer and was done at the end of September. That's a pretty good run. Why are you staring at me like I think that? you're cheating. I think you're cheating. Like the cheats in this movie, <laughs> you wanted to put this on the summer release, but it's not a summer release. You didn't want to wait till next season and put it on. I feel like you cheated. I feel All like right. you cheated. All right, why don't you just go and finally leave? I'll get somebody else to co-host. Come on, anyone else? So I'm looking, Forgotten Cinema is now looking for a new co-host to join myself, Mike Field, because Mike Butler's a bitch. <laughs> All right, so these opening weekend numbers are the 21st. So it's opening weekend, it did $63,000. Oh, that's woof, big time. After this movie, with a production of under $4 million, it made domestically $6.2 million and worldwide $7.1 million. So this movie, while it flopped United Kingdom, was a hit in the U.S. Just so you know. Production company was Art or Arte, I don't know. And also Channel 4 Films, distributed by Quiver Distribution. So now, the weekend it came out, Unlimited, was the 21st of April, which was U571, came up against it. Gossip and Love and Basketball. I've talked about Love and Basketball before when we did the what? What, I was going to say, what's the gossip? Gossip's with uh, James Marsden, and I can't remember the other person. It's when they start a rumor. It's in it's, college? And yes. Okay, I have seen Okay. Yeah. The poster for it is like the old screen posters and, and all like, you know, where it's all the heads all the, and all yeah. turned. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a 90s movie in 2000 almost. You also had a limited release to Virgin Suicides that week. The week before, which is the 14th, you had 28 Days, Keeping the Faith, Where the Money Is, and American Psycho. Oh, good movies in that. Yes. And the week after, which is 28th, you had the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. And there you go. <laughs> Frequency, where the heart is. So we had the, where the money is and then where the heart is. And then the limited release, the big kahuna, committed and time code. This movie is directed by Mike Hodges. He has done the 1971 Get Carter. He wrote The Omen 2 and he was the first time. There, I'll get to how he was the first director on The Omen 2 as well. Damien The Omen 2. But he also directed Flash Gordon, which I did not know. Oh. Uh, written by Paul Maersberg. He has written The Man Who Fell to Earth, Returned from the River Kwai, and he directed and wrote Nightfall. Now, let me let me go back to my Mike Hodges. So Mike Hodges was the original director for Damien the Omen 2, but he was replaced because of creative differences. But some of his shots remain in the movie, but he did write that movie. Hmm. He was replaced with the director of The Final Countdown, Don Taylor. Oh. Yeah. 
Myersburg or Marysburg wrote Return from the River Kwai. It's a movie that's a sequel to The Bridge and the River Kwai, but not a sequel. But it's based on historical events that occurred after the real events from the original movie, but it has nothing to do with the original movie. Go figure that out. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I don't know. So if you watch Bridge and the River Kwai and you want to know, I guess, what happened, what happened after, realistically? but not really, I don't know. Go watch Return from the River Kwai. I kind of want to watch a trailer now, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography by Michael Garfath. He did Nuns on the Run, The Enemy, and A Prayer for the Dying, which is also directed by Hodges. Composer Simon Fisher-Turner. He's done the 2008 movie Derek. He also did I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, Caravaggio. He's also acted in The End of the Affair and The Big Sleep. Edited by Les Healy, who was assistant editor on Live and Let Die, Butler. I know yeah. you like the Alien, Blade Runner, and Chariots of Fire. Those good stuff. Producer was Jonathan Cavendish, great name. Produced Elizabeth, The Golden Age, Bridget Jones' Diary, and Brief. So this movie stars Clive Owen. This movie made Clive Owen... The person he is today in terms of putting his, <laughs> putting his, you know, hey, this is Clive Owen, America. And America's like, whoa, all right, let's put it on a bunch of movies. He was, he's playing Jack, the main character. He was nominated for an Oscar for the movie Closer or Closer. Probably Closer, right? It's probably Closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was in Children of Men. Great film. King Arthur, which is what we did a couple seasons ago. Two seasons two ago. Two seasons ago, yep. He's also in Shoot 'em Up and Inside Man. Alex Kingston as Johnny, or as I butchered her name before. She's in The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. She's also in the TV show ER, but you also might know her as River Song from the TV show Doctor Who. That's right. Okay. Gina yeah. McKee. First of all, <laughs> have you even watched, uh, have you caught up with Doctor Who yet? No. Yeah. So you're not really a Who fan anymore. You shut up. I've watched more than you. Let's call it Who uh, I don't give a shit. Have you watched any of the old Doctor Who's? No. Is anyone going to go back to the old Doctor they Who? They shouldn't. <laughs> Gina McKee as Marion. You might know her from Notting Hill. She played the wife uh, who was in the wheelchair of his best friend when she was the lawyer. I always remember from that. She's also (laughs) in Phantom Thread and the TV show The Borges. Alexander Morton as Reynolds. He was in Valhalla Rising and Take the High Road, the TV show, the Scottish TV show, Take the High Road. Uh, I think it's a soap opera. I'm not sure. Kate Hardy as Bella. She's in the movie Revolution, Butler. Is she? Yeah. (laughs) Cry Freedom in the Craze. Paul Reynolds as Matt, the TV show Press Gang. That's a uh, British show. He's also in Eddie the Eagle and Terminal. Nicholas Ball as Jack Sr., which is Clive Owen, who plays Jack. It's his father. He's mm-hmm. in the movie Life Force, the TV show EastEnders and Hazel or Hazel. Uh, again, those are British shows. And then did you see, notice Rona Mitra in this? She's in. Uh, she's at yeah. the party at the beginning. Right. She smokes a cigarette. Her role, her character name is Girl with Joint. Uh, yeah. Her her character is ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it was like, that's like a, like a naked gun moment do you smoke and that joint is the biggest joint ever <laughs> it just comes out into view and he's just like what <laughs> she's in underworld rise of the lichens which is like the fourth one and she's in the tv show last ship amongst other things you would recognize ronamitra if you saw her uh she, uh she has a very recognizable face i guess and she's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff okay i had seen this movie before butler had not i really like this movie and the second time i watched it i really like it again i'm sure butler doesn't like it so butler <laughs> Let's start it off. Give me what you don't like about the movie right off the bat. Go. Uh, yes, I'm not a I'm not the biggest croupier fan. Um, I don't like Jack. I don't like Jack at all. I don't think you're meant to like Jack. I, well, that that is not good for me because okay, this is a noir where no one's likable. And uh, granted, and sometimes in noirs you don't have you have people that are always in kind of gray areas. But I should at least root for somebody. I should at least want my hero to live. Mm-hmm. And Jack is a sociopath. He's definitely, he's got no emotion, which he says, but it's almost like I'm watching Hannibal Lecter. But if Hannibal Lecter just dealt cards and just 
He's almost. Do you watch Out of the Shadows? The uh, the vampire show on FX. Not the show. I've seen the movie. So one of the characters, I don't know if he's talking about what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. One of the characters is a an emotion vampire. Okay. He bores people to death and sucks their emotion out of them when they're like depressed. He likes it. That's kind of what he is. He he's a he gets off on everybody losing at the tables. Obviously. Well, that's 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 his big thing, and he says it. Yeah. But it's just hard to root for a guy who has no emotion, who easily cheats on his girlfriend a bunch of times. And just comes back to her and doesn't have any emotion or feeling. It's well, it's like a lame Hannibal Lecter. He only cheats on her one time in the movie, but you're assuming that that's happened before, right? Is that what you're assuming? He's he only one time. Well, yeah, because he doesn't go with um, Johnny, but yeah. Yeah, so you're right. But, but, yeah, well, but got, the Johnny thing was, I got the sense it was after they had that issue where they were breaking up or they were having fights or something like that. Yeah. Okay. But then he goes into, I don't know. I got you. That's, that's fine. That's that fine. That's confusing. But that's fine. I, yeah. It's hard to like Jack and it's hard to like sure. Bella and it's hard to like even Marion is like, get get out of the you like you lame. Get get away from this guy. This guy's a creep. He's a creep in the entire movie. He's got no emotion. If you talk to this guy for two seconds, you say no, thank you. No, thank you. But I don't think this movie is trying to get you to like Jack. I don't think this movie is a movie we're supposed to root for anybody. It's a story about nothing. <laughs> It's a story about nothing, no, man. It's a, it's it's a it's a story about somebody who is aimless. Who you know, even when he finds success at the end, he doesn't want to accept it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't spend any of the money. He doesn't. You know, he says he just lives his life because he has been hooked in. He comes into the casino with an air of like he's better than everyone there, but then right. he slowly realizes, and you slowly see that he is not. He is. He's meant to be there. This is where he belongs. Amongst the losers, amongst the, watching them lose, and and well, because he is a winner. I know that, but he's but he a winner. He's but, a winner. But he, well, that no, that's fine. He's a winner within that circle, right? If he steps outside of that circle and whatever he's doing, he's not. He can't exist in the other world. In the in the when he's when the writers trying to get him to do that story, and he's just an he, asshole about it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Also, with that, this is my first thing. We're in England, right? Yeah. Why is he calling it soccer? Does he call it soccer? In the beginning, he's like, I'm looking for a soccer store. You know, really like guy comes in, buys a club and, you know, it's really corrupt. And it's just like all about, I'm like, soccer? Well, could, well because there's an international publisher, maybe he's just calling it soccer. The next scene after that, he's reading a magazine. It's a football magazine. And it's got a guy on the front cover who's, who's got like soccer. Because they're in England. so I know that. Why is he calling it soccer? Probably as an international audience, he's probably writes about okay. it. Okay. Has been read by actual I, I'll football. give that. I'll give that a pass. But still, it was just like, what? I didn't even notice that. I wasn't thrown for that. Okay. I'm, I think that, I like, again, I know that in some stories that you're supposed to, you want to have somebody that you can root for, but not really, but somebody that you see the world through their eyes. Right? Like, you like the audience member. Like, yeah, you, yeah. I mean. That person's Marion. See, Marion's a loser. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> like, even in The Last Seduction, Fiorentino is so... I guess deliciously evil that it's like fun to watch her be evil and Peter because she Berg, enjoys but it. But Peter she Berg is it. like such a loser. But I gotcha. But you feel bad for him. You feel bad for right. it. Like so it's just in this, I he's not Jack isn't clever enough. He's not oh, I think he's super smart. I think he's smart, but he's also just he's so boring and droll and just mean, but not mean enough. He's not evil enough. Do you think that has to do with the way Clavon played him? Because that's, I mean, that's like his, I mean, the way he's straightforward and the way he's like really quick with his with his dialogue. Like one of the things when he's, when he was talking about when he was doing the interview process 
with Reynolds, which I like. That is probably my my he, the best part. Of and the he's movie. like, it yeah. took forty five, and he's so he's. And I don't. I know you're not going to like the voiceover, and that's fine. I actually like the voiceover because I like that he's telling the story. The voiceover is fine because he's telling the story within the book, and so he's speaking about himself in the third person. But then it becomes Jack. He becomes Jake. Like he thinks that he thinks that he's writing. Here's the thing. He thinks that he's writing a book about a character within the casino, and he thinks that he's using Matt as the basis for the Jake character. Yeah, another. Croupier, yeah. But he realizes that towards the end, which you have already figured out, is that he's Jake and he keeps confusing the two. Right. And so when so when he's talking, he's he's doing the interview process with with Reynolds and he's saying you had a count of that's nine. How many what how many cards are there? He's like, nine. He's like, no, it's eight. He's like, no, it's nine. He's like, how can you be so sure? And he's like, because you always go with the first one. You, you know, first you're guess you're gonna be and, it, and then he's like, it took 45 minutes, but Jack had Reynolds' number, he couldn't count. And so he's already like Put himself above Reynolds at that point, even though Reynolds, you know, he's better than Reynolds, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, I think he's a little delusional in terms of that he is unaffected by everything around him, that he is not this this person. But I think eventually he is this person. He comes to accept the fact that he is in a cesspool, like Bella tells him. And he is, that is where he belongs almost. And I get it. I'm not asking you to root for him. And I, and you shouldn't. But I don't think that's the point of the story. I don't think it's the point to root for him. Do you that's, know what I mean? That's like, fine. And right. what's, what's the point of the story? Because I don't think there's a theme here. I don't think there's an underlying kind of anything. to Does this every movie. movie have to have an underlying theme? Yes. You have to have a story, a theme, or a character. Why? Something well, has I, to happen. You have a character and a story. You, your, your character doesn't evolve. He doesn't grow. He doesn't do anything. He he's, does grow. He's a psychopath at the beginning. He's a no, psychopath no, no, at the he, end. He, now he's just he does grow. his roulette He place. does grow. He just doesn't. He doesn't have a growth of positive. He grows negative. He he is hair's blonde. He's a writer. I love living with a writer. I love living with a writer. He's like, you know, full of hope is going to write the, but no, he, he is filth. He is part of the cesspool. He is no good. And he, that's where he grows. He grows to, to accept that that's the part of like, he trained as a croupier. He trained like he, all this stuff that he did, he already knew. Right. And he left because he's above gambling. I don't gamble. I don't gamble. I don't, cause it's not about, well, he you also know, left because he realized he became addicted to right. watching people lose. But that's yeah. the thing. And at the end of the movie, his father played him, but it's like he doesn't care because he knows he's just like him. Like it's I understand what you're saying. And I'm not and I'm not trying to get you to like this movie. I'm not. I'm just right. saying that I think that's those elements are there, but they're not necessarily there where, you know, they're usually go with a lot of these stories. It's. It's not good. It's negative. I mean, the, I get that. The fact that he's like Marion loves Jack, but Jack half loves Marion. It's like that is harsh that yeah. he says that. And it's just like, ooh, you're like, mm, that's 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 tough. Like half loves Marion, and then you know, I don't want to just crap on the movie the whole time. But it, no, it, there are certain fine. things that like like Johnny uh, Alex Kingston's character is supposed to be set up as this almost this femme fatale, or what we think is maybe going to be a femme fatale, but she's just as stupid and naive as as everybody but else she's playing him but she's also so dumb at the end for no like i'm getting married to well, this guy and be, like because she the, thinks i'm actually gonna marry she's listening to that going oh you it's so dumb it's so, well I, just, I will say this the end the the whole the whole con job stuff the whole ending was a little i didn't understand it because clearly the jack set his father put him in put him got him the job and you're supposed to assume that Johnny and them are together. They're a couple. Right. Sends her down there because the robbery is being put together by Jack Sr. Right. And it it backfires, but which they don't get to do it. It doesn't happen because they get stopped. And I don't understand why they're celebrating. 
Like, I, you know, I mean, I don't understand what the celebration is for because they didn't steal anything. That's another problem I have is the whole job at the end, A, is super quick and fails. But you right. get the sense that it succeeded. But the only thing I could think of was maybe when the other gambler, the uh, – the Asian guy, the older Asian guy that's in there. You think he was in on it? Well, because he gets, he calls over, he sees everything happening. He sees the company, he calls over and he gets like a, this little, I don't know what it was. What it was money or he got I think it was out. another bag of money. Yeah. And then, so everything happens and it's like, he just looks on it. He's like a bemused look on his face. And then he gets up and they all walk out. Well, he gets his bodyguard to stop but, the robber. No, I, I know. But like, I don't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand if like maybe they were part of it. So I, I, I agree with you there. I really was like, not sure what was going like the ending. I really wasn't sure like what was happening, like what they were trying to say to the point where I was like deep diving on the internet because there is like this whole, <laughs> there's a whole thing where people think that Marion's hit and run was part of that, that it was like, some people's like, no, that's part of an older case. But like, no, that was them tying up loose ends because Marion ratted them out. And, and that was, that was the whole thing. And I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. So I, I, maybe that's probably like, maybe they didn't know, but I don't, I have no idea. I agree with you. I was kind of like, I don't know why we celebrating. I did get the idea that they were trying to say that they were set up. Johnny was sent in there to get, cause they knew that he would be a stand-up guy. His father knew that the rule. Right. Right. He knew that he would just go along with it. He was trying to get his son some money and they were going to rob the place because, you know, and that was it. And they were doomed, boom, 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 done and done. And they were going to be rich and it didn't pan out. And again, I don't know why we're celebrating in South Africa. That's, I just don't understand that. But, so I agree with you there. Marion's death also still doesn't make any sense. It's it's out well, of necessary. Yeah. Uh, well, I it's mean, just that's an added, thing. All right. Cool. Same with him ending up with Bella at the end. Also, out of nowhere, just completely random. Let's bring her back in this. In this well, he, if he has well, him. that's the thing, though, when he first sees Bella in the break room and she says hello or something like that. Oh, you're trouble. He says to himself, you know, she's trouble. She's right. He He already knows that he's attracted to her. He already knows that she's someone that really interests him. So, and then when you get to couple with, you know, Marion's like, you know, half loves Marion. Marion is normalcy. Marion is the regular world. And he, even though he's living in the regular world, he doesn't belong there. He belongs in the cesspool. He, that's where he belongs. Do you, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? I get yeah. that. Okay. I just, I just don't care. I don't, <laughs> there's nothing to latch onto in this film. Okay. In terms of there's, a, a noir crime film, the crime has to be interesting. The crime's not interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the heist isn't heisty. It's just over in two seconds and failed. The character of Jack is lame. Unlikable, terrible person, but not terrible enough to be interesting. Marion is a pushover. Bella kind of, uh, eh. I, Johnny is interesting. Alex Kingston is really interesting and it plays that character well, but I don't think you get enough of her. She's, but I, I, I'm not trying to discard your argument. But like your your critique of Mary and your critique of Jack, these are these are like arguments of like if you met these people in real life, you don't you don't like these people. But that doesn't mean that they're not real people. That doesn't mean that it's not you may not like. I mean, I can understand if you have a problem with the execution of the story, which is legitimate. I get that because there are stuff in it that doesn't execute well because it doesn't you we're sitting here trying to figure out certain things because it probably wasn't explained well for us. You know what I mean? Like we didn't get that. But like. You don't like Marion because she's a pushover. Hey, I got news for you. There are people like Marion that live in the world. I get that. There are people like Jack that live in the world. Why am I watching this film? I don't understand why I'm watching this film. Because right. I don't have, 
And I get that sometimes people like the plot of the film, their change is, is a negative change. I get that. Yeah. But I don't think there's enough there. I don't think there's enough for Jack in terms of the negative. And, and that could be the fact that the job gets botched and there's no recompense. There's no, there's no comeuppance other than maybe Marion dying. There's nothing for Marion dying. You get this idea after the job gets, gets done and, and Marion gets killed, what, three months, four months later? Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, there was, was a passage definitely of time, but three months, because yeah. that's when he was waiting. Well, you got the, the, book, to one odds. the book comes out. You know how long the it book becomes, takes yeah. to come out. Yeah, no, I got you. And then she's dead. And you get this feeling the first time he's ever emotional. He has a couple of tears in his eyes. The cop randomly goes, you know, I loved her. Who cares? Where's that coming from? That's another. Well, plot you line saw him before when he yeah, they met Marion outside the store. Right. You, you had that little moment there. But and then he's got that like, I don't know Marion at all. I don't know what she does. So, yeah. Then you get the idea. She used to be a cop. But then something happened. But you don't know what it was that she happened. She left and became a security guard. But yeah. But Macy's there was a reason there. There's a reason why she left. And they kind of hint at it. it like so. But you don't know why. Right. Yes. Yep. But so that's an untold story. The cop, it seems like, all right, Jack's going to go figure out who killed Marion. All right, finally, because the job got botched and was nothing. Maybe this will actually be something. Maybe it'll actually turn into a plot. And then he goes to the party uh, at the. The Greek restaurant. Greek, Greek restaurant with the Greek with mafia. The guy, Greek but the guy that was gambling that Matt gave the extra money extra to. Money right. to. Yep. And yet they did. Okay. He's going to this party to figure out who set up the job. Maybe it was set up here, blah, blah, blah. But nothing really comes of it again. He just drunk at a party and finds his car because some lady takes him home in his own car. Yeah, which yeah. And she almost hits somebody and he freaks out because obviously Marion got hit by a car, so he's a little overconscious. Sure, sure. But that's it. You don't get any nothing happens with that whole thread right there. That's a whole 10, 15 minutes of the movie that also just meanders and goes nowhere. Do you think that there's stuff that's on the cutting room floor? Possibly. I just think that maybe if Jack had more emotion and he can still be a dirtbag and maybe a sociopath, but he really didn't have, he's so dry the whole time with no emotion this way or that way that I, we never really get a good sense of him, I guess, in a way. That's not what I'm trying to well, say. Well, well, let me, let me to get an idea. Like we talk about, he's somebody who has high morals supposedly who loves watching people lose. He loves, he's addicted to watching people just, you know, piss their life away. Right. To the point where he tests that one guy where he gives the guy the win and he watches him because he, but he, because he already knows what that guy's going to do. Throw away his money again. Yeah, he's yeah. going to go gamble and throw away his cup. He gives him a gift. And it's just like, I, he, and he knows it. He knows that there's no good, there's no good in people. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Gotcha. I gotcha. It's almost like he's a, it's almost like, like I said, he's somebody who thinks he's, the hero almost not to steal from uh tenant. He thinks he's the protagonist, but he's not. He's, he's like, just, he's none, he's no better than everyone else there. And whether he, whether he can say that to himself or not, I think that's something that we know, we, you know what I mean? Like it's right. that, Yeah. That's, but I understand what you're saying. I, 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 so do you not think this movie's good at all? I really didn't like this movie. Because this movie is I, lauded because Clive Owen is really good in this film. Clive Owen is not really good in this wow. film. I, I don't. And I really, really like Clive Owen. That's all you do. I just think it, it's not his fault. It's the writing. It's probably the way the director wanted him to deliver all his lines. Anyone could do this part. Anyone uh, could do this see, part. Now, I listen. And, with I the exception of a few scenes. Oh, oh, you're, okay. I understand what you're saying. Like in terms of like iconic parts and stuff like that. You're saying like someone else could do this? It's so dry and it's so droll and it's so emotionless that it, as long as you memorized your lines, 
and just looked slightly to the side of somebody's eyeballs, you can do this. Role. I see. I think I think you're being. But good. I don't. I don't there think are you're a couple of moments that are good for him, fair. but I don't think he gets enough moments to shine. Where it's like he's the next big thing. There's nothing that if I hadn't seen him in other things that would tell me that. Just because he's his, he's straightforward in his acting. I I, I think he's bland and dead inside. It's it's not hard to play that. Uh, I disagree. I I. I wholly disagree with the, your take on them on, on that part. The, I don't mind you not liking certain parts of the movie. With the exception of when he gets hired and his the interview process, right. I really like that. I really like when he catches Alex Kingston in the lie in her hotel room. Right. And it's talk about the bruises. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy him actually getting a little bit emotional when Marion dies and he's in that and he's in that room and you kind of get that he's breaking down that maybe he's not exactly as pent up as he always plays droll as he plays right but everything else just doesn't really there's nothing that really made me stand out and go that's that's the next friggin james bond right there. oh come on there's that's nothing, not there's fair. nothing in there that's not fair but that's fine it's your opinion i just don't think it's fair I'm, I'm not i'm not and, i'm not trying to change your mind i just don't think it's fair i really don't like this films i i like the casino stuff in this film i like that it's not but dump this James Bond super casino. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's not a dump. It's a middle of the road. It's a cesspool. <laughs> As slow casinos, high end casinos in the middle of the roads. We're the we're the middle of the road. Um, but I don't like that. You see Jack's skill as a croupier. You see him picking up the chips and the timing. Yeah. You see him dealing these cards, but they're always a cutaway. It's always a cutaway to somebody's hands and not him. But they were trained. He was trained by real croupiers for the movie. Oh, him why and Hardy. the hell do I get the cutaways? I want to see. I want to see him do it. Much like in the last episode, we talked about Michael J. Fox doing the bowling. Sure. And I mentioned, well, that's funny because in the next week's episode, I have issues with that same thing. I want to see a, a, a wider shot of Clive Owen actually doing these things, where I would really appreciate it. When you okay. do the cutaways, even if he's trained, it makes me think. Oh, they just got somebody else. To so do that chip what does that? Quick. What does that matter? It's me- I like to see. Making. I like to see the skill of the okay. actor performing the roles. I like to be able to see them because then I'm more impressed with it and go okay they are this thing okay i understand that it's a three million under four million dollar movie are you going to spend that money to have him trained for are you going to have something like ryan gosling playing piano for uh every day before la la land so he can learn how to play piano got, that's a major studio production i'm right that's a major studio <laughs> production you're not going to do it for uh you know an independent film in england that's just that's probably scrounging money together from 18 other production companies <laughs> but i get i, I that's fine. I just like I th- I think honestly, your whole take on this movie is I disagree with. And that's fine. That's what the whole that's what the whole <laughs> thing's about. I just think you're I think you're missing the point. I don't think that you're you're ta- you're saying a movie that put Clive Owen on the map for United American audiences is is a complete lie and that people shouldn't because they've been fooled and that they've been fooled uh, like 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 he doesn't deserve everything that he's gotten from this movie. I think that sometimes reviewers will review things and say something is great when it's ne- not necessarily great because they don't get it. And, and not nece- okay. and sometimes that's not a that's not a plus. You do know that you do know that the that same critique can be given to your take on this movie where people like this film and you're being a contrarian. Absolutely. Because you're being a snobby. I didn't like these characters. I didn't like this guy. No, I'm not being snobby. I know. The I know. snobbiness can be looked at the other way. And I get that. Opinions are opinions. I got you. Everyone's got one. You know, it's, it's whatever you. you want. We say that on the podcast all the time. Right. You know, if you like, you know, Transformers 3, I mean, more power to you, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but I just don't see this. I don't, I don't see it. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this going, there are, and we, maybe it's because we do so many noirs on this podcast that I'm just like, it's not necessarily something that I think is 
is great or worthy. And I think he's got a lot of other, granted, and I've seen him in other things and he's better in other things. But you wouldn't have given those roles if you were some studio exec it, it, back in the 1990s. Exactly. So I'm, looking, I'm looking at this backwards. I know. So maybe that's, that's it. But, and one of my notes is that the movie looks like it was shot in the 90s. Even though it's, it's an independent so film. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to be so down on this movie. But, oh, but apparently not. I think you did. I, I, it's I funny was. because you're completely wrong, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't like this movie you no, like so it's much. Not, listen, I didn't make it. It's fine. So, you know, I'm going to try to get somebody to interview for this movie now and just completely throw you under the bus. <laughs> I'm going to get Clive Owen. I'm going to be like, Clive, this, my partner doesn't like this movie. Can you yell at him? <laughs> I, lo- I love Clive Owen though. So no, it's, uh, I don't think you do. Not I don't movie. think you do because if you did, you wouldn't just shit on him for the last twenty minutes. Terrible. I shit on the character. Mm-hmm. You just said he couldn't. You just sat here and said that he played the role terribly. I no. I said anyone could play him. I said anyone could play that character because that character is just a a droll one note character. So you don't think he's that- just you playing a, a psychopath with no emotion? That's what psychopaths are like. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. All right. You don't think this movie would have gotten any Academy Award nominations because it even it couldn't because it got disqualified because it uh, came out two years later. It could, no, because it premiered on Dutch television. <laughs> it's like, can we get over ourselves with Didn't, the stupid rules? Oh, uh, the Linda Fiorentino movie. The same yeah, thing. Same right? thing. Last Seduction. She would have Linda Fiorentino would have for sure have been nominated and for could have won for Last Seduction. And I think that he might have been I don't maybe not one. But he might have been nominated for this this movie uh, or it might have gotten some kind of nomination like Alex Kingston or something like that. But like, can we get over the stupid rules that they have? Now, I know they, they lifted it because of the pandemic. So for Netflix and all that stuff, but like, give me a break. It premiered one time on Dutch television and it, it's disqualified. Get over yourself, Academy. Jeez. Uh, was it on a small screen? Oh, God no, forbid. No, 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 God no. forbid. You're a <laughs> almighty Academy. Oh, so sorry. Are, are you honoring achievement in movies or not? Mike Bill does not speak for Mike Butler. I don't it, give a shit. It'll be an honor, honor to be nominated. Uh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Well, like we're gonna get we're not gonna get nominated for an Ambi. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so why do you think this film is forgotten? Ooh, really? Getting to that. Okay, because you're a jerk and people like you don't know. I'm just kidding. Um I think because it's an indie, I think we talk about it all the time in terms of it movie was shelled for two years because they didn't know what they want to do with it. It was a flop in the United Kingdom. So I, uh, I'm curious if it's looked upon more favorably now in England than it is here now, you know, 20 something years you know, have passed. But, you know, we don't know because um, <laughs> I, I saw this in the theater and I remember really liking it in the theater. Uh, and like I said, it was a hit here and it, it obviously put him on the map. But. I just think it's 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 gritty. It deals with a character that does not have a an arc where, you know, he succeeds like we just talked about, where he's like, you know, he he's the champion of the people watching the movie, like they can root for him. So I think that hurts it. Obviously, it hurt it for you. I think also, like we talk about like this whole thing about Forgotten Summer. It's not a summer release. I know it came out in April, but it was expanded throughout the summer. This is like a movie where you would probably see in the fall. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it, it's it's an import technically, so it's not going to really get a huge, I mean, quiver distribution. It's not like this is universal or paramount, you know what I mean? So you're really limited to the money that quiver has to, to promote it. 
So it probably didn't get promoted as much. It probably was just put out and they're like, wow, people seem to like this is getting word of mouth. Let's release it a little bit more. Let's do a little more. Cause if this movie came out, let's let universal put this out. Yeah. And, and, and it had a, it wouldn't have gone to 141. It would have gone to a thousand. You know what I mean? They would have put more behind it. Right. Uh, in terms of more theaters and they would have promoted it more. They would have promoted their flashy Holland, trailer, yeah, yeah. hot new, hot new actor, all that stuff. Yeah. There would have been a better trailer. It would have been more gritty. They would have added that. They would have you know built up the noir stuff. And in the nineties, you had a lot of that stuff. So it would have been fine. You had a lot of indies like that. It would have fit in. Well, I just think the fact that it, it, it's indie throughout the distribution and throughout the production that just probably hurt it a little bit and probably didn't get in front of people enough. I don't even know if you had seen it earlier if you would have reacted to it differently than going back, as you say, watching it backwards after seeing Clive Owen's career. Right. So I don't know if that, uh, maybe that affects it as well for some people. Cause it's not the Clive Owen they have grown accustomed to. Right. So that could, that could be a reason. It's just, you know, it happens. These movies, this happens to movies. It's, I'm surprised it didn't do as well in England bec- and it did better here because it's a very British uh, yes. film. And I think that when I think of British stuff, I, I know that it's gaining kind of popularity a lot of people are watching more British stuff, but I think that's more of a recent thing. So I'm surprised that even back in like 2000, people were really latching onto this very British production. Well, I, I know that Hodges, the director, had made a comment that he didn't like that the poster had uh, from the director of A Prayer for the Dying, which is because I think either he wanted to get his name off that movie or it's the wrong movie to promote with this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he he didn't like that. But I mean, you know, you know, the the fact that Hodges, you know, got booted off the other movie, which happens a lot of times. But like, you know, when maybe he was just always like, you know, talking out of turn kind of thing. I don't know. But, um, you know, so I, I, that probably didn't help. And I, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe this just wasn't the people. Maybe they were looking for a different type of movie back back then in England. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't even know that you could gamble in casinos in London. Like I knew nothing of London's gambling scene. Right. Yeah, me either. So. I don't know how they look upon gambling. Maybe it depends on how they look upon it. Like we have a lot of like tons of movies about gambling and casinos. And, sure. You know, poker players and blackjack players. So I think that's more of like America's, you know, wheelhouse, I guess, in terms of American cinema. Yeah. Well, you have like all our films that yeah. take place type there. But you don't see like when the gambling and all that stuff, like all those, all that, all those type of American movies about gambling, Vegas, Atlantic City, you know, Reno. Like you rarely, but a majority of them are on reservations, you know, or oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. American reservation land. And, and, you know, that's by design, but you don't really, like, you don't really see a lot of stories that take place on those type of casinos. Oh, with the exception of you, maybe like here and there, but it's mainly like Vegas, Atlantic City. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess where the debauchery is legal, that kind of thing. I, I don't know where it's, it's probably a little bit more uh, quote unquote sexy to do it in Vegas and, and, and Atlantic City, that kind of thing. You get better shots and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I get you. So, but yeah. So, but like something like this, like, cause it's just like you walk by it. It's just like, it's like a hole in the ground. Like when you go, when you, it's just a building. Yeah. yeah that happens yeah. to have a sign that says casino. On yeah. The side. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was that was a little bit like, oh wow, I didn't I, I should have looked up and seen like like the history of yeah of gambling in, in London. Maybe it's looked down upon in London because it is legal, but people are like, no, you don't go there. Maybe back then, you know? Yeah. I mean, but the whole thing is like the whole South African angle, how they both grew up in South Africa and you know, you know, obviously gambling was I uh, do like that his character was born in the casino. Yeah. That his like that. it's literally in his blood. I did yeah. like that about yeah. him. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we kicked off Forgotten Summer with you hating on a movie. That's great. I can't wait. Well, I'm going to pick a movie that you picked that I'm going to hate on now for no reason. A, a ton of them. Oh, shut up. A ton of them you're not a big fan of. I, I don't like like 
Listen, I think out of all of our seasons, I haven't liked maybe two or three movies. Yeah, but you're really negative, Butler. Really negative. When it's I don't, because really when I don't like something, it's because I really don't like something. I try to find the good in any movie we pick. Right. I got so you. This one was this one was tough for me. I got you. All right. Well, maybe, maybe better luck next time. I guess. Where can everyone find us? <laughs> Nowhere. I'm, I'm being fired from this podcast after this episode. <laughs> no, Packing my. It's fine. You're, you're just wrong, but it's fine. You can find us at ForgottenCinema.com. Uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. We post stuff on the social medias every weekday and we also do fun commercials every Thursday. So check those out. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. All right. And uh, Forgotten Summer is going to kick off now, but we're going to keep rolling on next week. We're doing the Western from 2000. 2000- are we rolling on or are we surfing on? i going to put some summer lingo on that. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> All right, so we'll join us next week as we're going to be doing Open Range, the Kevin Costner, uh, Robert Duvall Western from 2003. Uh, I can't remember who we told we were doing this movie, and they said they hated it. Uh, somebody from work. Yeah, and then I said, you're an idiot. I'll, I'll name him right no, now. No, don't name him. I don't, want, I don't <laughs> want his name. He does, I don't want his name on the podcast. You, Fine. You scrub that out. He's wrong. Beep over that. I will beep over that. And he's wrong. <laughs> this guy from work is definitely wrong. This movie's awesome. I do I do like that movie quite a bit, but I think I'm going to shit all over it now because of your croupier nonsense. Well, I already here. know that you like it, so it doesn't matter. Damn it. <laughs> Your hatred is a lie. Give me one second, everybody. I got to go through the list again and see what we're doing. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll shit on Call the Conqueror. No, I haven't seen that. You're going to shit on Call the Conqueror. I did Good. that on purpose because Good. you're going to hate that. Good. I'm going to shit on Titan AE because you're all like, oh, Titan AE, let's put that in there. I'm going to shit all over that. There'll be a lot of shit in season in episode 13 <laughs> of this season. Get ready. Coupier Revenge is coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. This has been Forgotten Summer. Woo! You should put like surf rock music. Absolutely. I'll get it. Excellent. Excellent. Make sure that it's like copyrighted so we get in trouble. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) 